Race matters. 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 Before we start the show, I'd like to acknowledge that we are broadcasting on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. This land has been tended to for thousands of years by generations of Gadigal peoples before us. It'll continue to be a meeting place for sharing knowledge, stories, song uh, by generations after us. We are absolutely privileged to do the same today and every day here at FBI Radio. I pay my respects to Gadigal elders past, present and emerging. We're broadcasting from Redfern, the birthplace of black theatre in this country and a site for resistance and resilience for Indigenous folk in Sydney. My name is Tanya Ali. Welcome to Race Matters. This is a show hosted by people of colour, speaking with people of colour about the ways we understand and value our racial identities. We've got a nice little wrap-up show today. Uh, for Over the last couple of weeks, you've been hearing a few kind of wrap-up shows. And last week, we had an incredible conversation to round out the year with Nessa Turnbull, Roberts and Sarah Khan uh, speaking really, really beautifully, candidly and vulnerably. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, please do. It's available at fbiradio.com forward slash race matters or on our podcast feed on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, but I thought it would be really nice as the producer of the show to kind of pay homage to some of the amazing guests we had over the past year. This year has been the first year that Race Matters kind of had its own slot. It started out as a segment on Up For It last year with Ruby Miles uh, and over 2019 blossomed into its own half-hour show uh, and podcast in its own right, which has been really, really special to kind of see happen. And it's allowed these conversations that would never really happen here at FBI Radio, uh, kind of spearheaded by Sarah Khan and Darren Lasagas and, of course, Ryan Clapham and Georgia Mokak earlier in the year. Uh, so I thought that we would listen to a few of the responses throughout today's show uh, to the question that we started asking each and every guest who came through the Race Matters studio around about halfway through this year. When did you realise that your race was powerful or made you powerful? And we had some really, really special answers to this question. In fact, every single guest who came through on the show had a, a beautiful and uh, really open uh, and honest answer to the question. So unfortunately, we don't have time to go through every single one of them as much as I'd love to, though you can if you hit up the podcast and scroll to about the end of each episode when it gets asked. Uh, but we wanted to kind of share a few of the highlights. And I thought We'd start at a recent episode, uh, Jody Shea, who came on and spoke to Darren Lasagas. When did you realise your race made you powerful? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> when did I realise that my race made me powerful? Um, I think it... Uh, okay, yeah. You know what? It was Carriage Works last year with the Centre for Asian Australian Performance, and I wrote a 20-minute piece that was showcased, and I was embraced by this community of people of allies, of Philippinex people, and they were so moved by it and they said, thank you. That for me is etched in my mind forever. That's beautiful. Because yeah. it made me keep going. They said, thank you. Yeah. And I, 
I just didn't understand until the next day. So that, for me, made me realise that my race was powerful. When did you realise that your race made you powerful? Ooh. Hmm. When did I realise? Hmm. Okay, I'm going to be really honest. Only recently, a couple of months ago, Mm -hmm. I studied at a school in France. I um, performed, again, a Shakespeare, but I I actually translated it into Arabic. Wow. And I worked with an actor from England and I dealt with race politics through Richard III. And I realised, because I was the only, I was one of the very few ethnic people at that school, and every time I stepped on stage, I remember I kept letting other people go before me, and I was actually letting people from an Anglo background go before me all the time. And an, another actress came up to me and she said, you have to stop doing that. Mm. I was like, what? And she's like, you keep, you keep apologising, you keep letting other people walk in front of you. And then I realised, I was like, why was I doing that? Oh, because they're intimidated by me and I don't want them to dislike me. Mm. Ha. Huh. And then with that piece, I just went, stuff it. Yeah. We performed it and it got into this show. And I remembered when I performed it, I did like a war cry. It's actually a, a, a cry that we do <laughs> at weddings. But sometimes it's considered a war cry in different Arab cultures. Mm. And I performed it and I remembered feeling like, actually, man, you've been an Amazonian woman and you keep shrinking yourself because you don't want people to get intimidated, you don't want to upset mm. people, mm. you don't want to be chased. Tall poppy syndrome. Yeah. And I went, stop. <laughs> so <laughs> a, a couple of months ago, it really hit me. Yeah. yeah. Benji, when did you realise there was power in your race? Um. Listen, I knew there was power in my race when... I, it was show and tell at high in primary school and I was in year two and you know what I brought to show and tell? What? Bugger on. Oh my God. Because <laughs> it was like, I grew up in this like small town of like just mainly white people and I was like, um, this is my show and tell. So bugger on is like our shrimp paste and it's like, smells like shit and it tastes <laughs> amazing. And I was like, I opened it up and everyone was like, what the hell is that? And I was like, I eat it. We eat this at home. And then I ate it in front of them and everyone just like screamed. And yeah. I was like, yes. Like, That's I felt, powerful. I felt really powerful. And I was like chasing them with the bugger on. Yeah. There is power in food, yes. isn't there? Yeah. White it's people can't giving. take it. They can't. It's too spicy. <laughs> That is Benji Ra on Race Matters, FBI Radio 94.5 FM. You also heard in there from Anissa Violet, the star of Halal Girls, and we kicked things off in that little packet with Jodie Shea, a playwright who came in and spoke to Darren Lasagas. We're doing a little bit of a retrospective, uh, listening to some of our past guests' answers about when they realised that their race made them powerful. Let's keep going. Uh, this is Abdul Abdullah. Abdul, when did you realise there was power in your race? Oh, I'm very proud of my heritage and it's not anything that I was ever concerned about. I was mostly pissed off at how people perceived it, mm. if that makes sense. So I'd always felt there was power in that. I used to joke around... Uh, that I was a Eurasian sensation and and Keanu Reeves was king of my people and I 
<laughs> but it was funny talking about these same, like I lived in Melbourne in 2009 to 2011 and having these same conversations that weren't being had there at the time. I'm not claiming any type of exclusivity over that conversation, but I found there was so much more resistance to talking like this. While now in Melbourne and in Sydney, these conversations have moved on and it's there is power in that. There is strength in that and I can really appreciate it. Felicia, when did you realise that your race made you powerful? Always. I've always said, without my culture and my identity, I would just be another statistic. I would just be this little white dot on a piece of paper, which obviously you wouldn't see because paper's white. So me and my culture, I would not be the person I am today without my Aboriginal culture. Everything I've been taught by my elders and what I know about my culture, and I don't know everything. I would still love to learn a lot, lot more. So, yeah, I'm everything. My culture makes me who I am. When did you realise there was power in your race? Yeah. Okay, this is another one of my anecdotes that, like, involves my parents. Sorry, Mum and Dad, I have to exploit you again. (laughs) But, okay, flashback to the 2000 Olympics, guys, and I'm looking at Nikki Webster flying through the sky representing Australia, and I say to Dad, I say, Dad, I really want to be her. I want to be her one day. And he looks at me with such sort of conflicted, like, realness. And he says to me, I, I, honey, I just don't think you ever will be her because you're not white. And it was so, it was, it was such a, it was devastating, but at the same time, it was super real. And I think from that on, not that he was discouraging me, but he kind of just was preparing me mentally for kind of the, um, like the trials I'm going to have to, that a lot of us will have to go through to kind of um, mark our, um, you know, place here. Um, But I think it made me really resilient and from a really young age as well. Uh, And so, yeah, that's kind of, it really stuck with me, that particular anecdote, yeah. Abdul Abdullah, Felicia Fox and Rainbow Chan uh, talking about the moment or when exactly they realised that their race uh, had power and was powerful. You are listening to Race Matters on FBI 94.5. We're going to take a track from Rainbow Chan right now. This is piled into... Open 
listening to Race Matters on FBI 94.5. Rainbow Chan for you there. One of our guests of the year gone by and her track pearled into off her record Spacings, which came out back in 2016. We're kind of revisiting uh, a few of the conversations that we had on Race Matters over the year uh, and particularly a question that we ask each and every one of our guests. When did you realize there was power in your race? We've got a uh, a bunch of people to to run through and hear their answers and they're all such incredible answers. So I thought we'd kick things off at Min Jin Lee, an author who was here for the Sydney Writers' Festival earlier on this year. This is Min Jin Lee on when she realised there was power in her race. I think I realised there was power in my race when I started to write about it when I was in high school. And I thought that what I had in my race, in my ethnicity, in my culture, in my faith, was actually quite valuable. These are my riches. Candy, when did you realize your race made you powerful? Oh, damn. Oh, this is good. Um, when did I realize it? Oh, there's understanding, like little drops of understanding. Like in high school and stuff, I, I wrote a lot of public speaking speeches, you know. But that wasn't the full thing. I was still pretty assimilated. I still wanted to get that gold star. I think I realised that all I wanted to do was make that change and understand who I was fully as a black woman. Um, must be around about 30, so about 10 years. And that's when I went, I, I said to my friend, I wrote this poem, you know, on Monday I woke up and I thought, I wish I could live as a straight white man. And then on Tuesday, I woke up and I thought, no, I want to live like a free black woman. Mm. Yeah. When did you realise that your race made you powerful? Oh, um, wow. Wow. Um, I guess I've done a lot of work with um, the Australian Arab community over the years and um, and a lot of, like, a whole range of different work from... Um, you know, um, yeah, so so I guess being with that community and feeling so strong in those spaces. So when we started the Arab Film Festival, um, you know, seeing all the, all the people there and feeling surrounded by this kind of um, solidarity and love and energy and feeling so proud of, you know, being connected to this beautiful community, this beautiful, strong, smart, you know, creative community that... It's probably a moment for me um, back in 2002. I was one of the people who started the Arab Film Festival. <laughs> so, um, yeah, maybe 2002 because I do remember growing up and honestly, Tanya, I'm, sh I'm ashamed to say this now, but if you asked me where I was from and you were a white person, I would try and avoid it at all costs. 
No, I, I think that's something that's very relatable for a lot of people. Um, but it's kind of exciting that we all go on our journeys to reclaim our, our identity. This is our favourite question of the show now. When did you realise your race made you powerful? Wow, that's a great question. So I grew up in a family, like a lot of families, that didn't talk about our connections, didn't talk about where we were from. Um, and that has been a great personal struggle for me. Um, I suffered from a lot of anxiety in my 20s, mm. um, which is a very common experience for Aboriginal people. I think it's pretty unusual if you haven't experienced anxiety or depression or something. <laughs> so I was very confused about who I was. Um, mm. And it wasn't until I had the mentorship of Uncle Lester Bostock, who, um, who showed me the way in so many ways. He was an incredible human being, a very dignified man, a very humble man. He also had disability. And he was a real leader in developing Aboriginal media and all kinds of stuff. I just spent a lot of time with him um, and I was really lucky to know him for 20 years and he showed me, he taught me a lot. And um, yeah, he's an, he, he was just a calming, confident, humble, powerful warrior really. So I, I tried to learn from him. We are nearing the end of the show here on Race Matters, but there is a question that I will pose to both of you that we pose to each guest as they come through on the show. Uh, whichever one of you can go first, but uh, when did you realise there was power in your race? Uh, the Cronulla riots in 2005. I grew up school near there. That was the moment when I realised that race is something that can either make or break you, and mm. it can kind of make you or destroy you or cause someone else to want to destroy you. Yeah. yeah. I think I've always felt powerful and empowered by being Chinese and there is a comfort and a connectivity that, that I've always had to my community through that. Um, but I think it was maybe in high school in year eight or nine where um, I'd be speaking to people and they'd be like, where are you from? And I'd explain where I'm from and they would be like, that's that's so cool. Like, I wish I had another background or I wish I was something else, but I'm just Australian. And it made me realise that there's a genuine curiosity and that having a diverse identity is powerful mm. and being different is powerful. That's Ying Di Yin on Race Matters talking about when she realised her race was powerful. Uh, before that, you heard from Justin Tam as well as Lena Nell Lewis, Candy Bowers and right up the top, Min Jin Lee. Uh, we are going to hear from a few more uh past Race Matters guests, including Benjamin Law and Su Min Shim. But let's start off with Glennie Thomas. When did you realise that your race made you powerful? When did I realise my race made me powerful? When I was very young, mm -hmm. um, which is very lucky for myself because a lot of our people don't realise um, how or have pride in themselves as, as black people. Um, you know, a lot of people inspired me um, to have pride within myself, family members, um, deadly people like Kathy Freeman, um, just black people in general as well, you know. But I think the moment I felt that I was powerful was the first time that I put ochre on my skin. Mm. And that's when I came to life and the fire inside myself grew and it hasn't stopped since then. Benjamin Law, when did you realise there was power in your race? Um, you know, funnily enough, people say, were you excluded from the media because of your race? And in some ways it's been an advantage because one of the things that you need in media and the arts is a different perspective and being a minority already gives you that. You see the world through a different lens, run with it, it'll be, it'll be valuable. 
Uh, Sumin, there's a question that we kind of lead up to uh, on every episode of Race Matters. And it's, a, it's kind of a big one, but for some people, it's not that big because it's, it comes to them quite easily. But uh, Sumin, when did you realize there was power in your race? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, that's still something that I struggle with a lot, actually. Um, only recently, I want to say, I want to say it must have been last year when I actually started writing. And I think writing was a really important way for me to process a lot of my internal struggles. And I think that's the main difference between um, my writing and a lot of writing that I see from my white counterparts, because I always think about my audience and my audience is always going to be for people like me and for young people like me whilst a lot of workshops writing workshops that I've attended a lot of critics will say try to be objective don't bring in personal stories because they see themselves as authorities and gatekeepers but I think um, recognizing um, you know who I am and where I come from has meant that I can push against that in some way and recognizing that helped me feel more powerful about who I am today. That's a big question. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But yeah, only Very only answer. last year. Yeah. If you're listening to Race Matters, uh, we've got a few more uh, little answers to kind of look back on uh, from the question that we ask all of our guests. When did you realize your race was powerful? Uh, let's have a listen to Vicky Van Hout and Joel Bray's answer. Uh, we'll start with you, Vicky. Vicky, when did you realise there was power in your race? When did I realise there was power in my Oh, my God, I'm always going first. <laughs> uh, I think there was a switch around. I always felt there was power. As soon as, I, as soon as I left high school, I was more aware. I think when I was in high school, you know, there was always, you know, there, was, there was a stigma. But as soon as I was around other Aboriginal people, I, real, I realised the power like the power we had when we were together. Yeah. And Joel, how about you? When did you realise there was power in your race? Well, I'll answer the the, the most recent time mm. it occurred to me. Um, it was a week ago. I was sitting in the National Library of Australia going through some old archival, really old documentation of, of Wiradjuri ceremony. And I had to take a moment and I walked out and I sat down by Lake Burley Griffiths for a moment and just burst into tears at nothing but the sheer beauty and sophistication of of the culture. I'm so proud to be a part of it. Joel Bray and Vicky Van Hout answering when they realised there was power in their race. You're listening to Race Matters. That does bring us to the end of the show uh, for today and for the year as well. You can listen back to any episode uh, of the show this year at freiradio.com forward slash race matters. You can also jump on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It's available for you there as well. I'm going to leave you uh, on one more answer to that very question from one of my favourite episodes uh, that happened of the show this year, uh, Sarah Khan's conversation with Nayuka Gauri. Uh, it's absolutely incredible. If you haven't listened to it, please jump onto our podcast. I swear I'm not just saying that because I produce it. It is so so, so good. But this is Nayuka Gari's answer to when they realised there was power in their race. I've always been proud of being black. Um, and I didn't know anything else until I would have gone to school because both my parents were black and all my family are black. So I didn't know. I probably didn't, wasn't aware of white until primary school, 
really. Um, me and my cousin, Jerry, started school together year one and we went to the same school and we were in the same class. It was really cute. And we, as part of that class, we did a play and it was this medieval play and there were props that we'd made, like really bad, badly drawn, like props of a castle pinned onto a like cushiony board thing and there's a photo of me and Jerry standing in front of props that we'd made and in the castle I'd drawn an Aboriginal flag on the pole and it was like five yeah it would have been a five at the time so I think like that seems to me to be something like quite a powerful subversive thing for a five-year-old to do in that space so I think that would probably be the when I'm, I must have felt something. I don't remember what I felt, but I must have. Um, yeah. Language warning.
Race matters. 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 Race matters.